0: This is a beginning point. It's the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby.
1: And welcome to the Gold Jacket podcast, proudly sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your host this week, Connor Donald. As always, my co host, uh, Jim, unfortunately came down with a, a cold. We're going to assume it's a cold right now um, because his daughters had colds. So, uh, yeah, so he got into kind of back out this week, but thank God, you know, our sixth man, Coach Craig, always there for us when we need him the most um so happy to have him along you can find me on twitter at connor 10 you can find craig on twitter at coach craig sport That's also his youtube channel where he's dropping nba dfs stuff um he also dropped his nfl waiver wire article uh video today so mm-hmm. definitely go and check that out because i'm sure there's a lot of people in a bit of a pinch um at some positions um as we get this late in the year and looking for you know that playoff wonder somebody to help you help get you through the playoffs um myself and craig are proud members of the true north fantasy football network um make sure to check out the entire network on twitter at true north ffb youtube the tnff network and on the internet truenorthffb.com you can find articles rankings podcast streams and so much more um welcome to week 11 of the nfl season um of course, without Jim, we're not gonna do Taddy or, or we're not gonna do gone bananas today. Although I'm sure Coach Craig could have found this one, we'll we'll leave it to the professionals here and leave it to Jim. I'm sure he'll drop <laughs> one Thursday when he drops the audio for the podcast. Um mm-hmm. but for now, we're gonna do a, an emerging star. We're gonna do Teddy or Muddy, and we are going to do Gold and Fool's Gold, where we talk starts and sits for the week. Craig, man, what is up?
0: Oh, well, not too much, Yeah, obviously. It's probably a good thing Jim missed for that going bananas. It's not the best touchdown week, right? You know, we got the Patriots and the Falcons too, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game, and touchdown predictability is going to be pretty all over the place too.
1: If there's going to be a guy who finds it, it'll probably be Jim, but we'll see what he brings to us <laughs> on Thursday because I'm sure he's not going to miss out on it as yeah. disgusting as it is, as long as he's not having to pick like a – like an over under or a more or less or something he's okay so yeah, yeah. uh we'll start off by get, digging right into the emergent star um i'll start and i mean he's not really an emergent he's kind of an emergent star because he's finally getting his opportunity but i'm going with Andre stevenson on this one i think that this week proved to me that they don't really need Brandon Bolden that much. I think they have a really viable two-headed monster in Damian Harrison, Ramondre Stevenson, and Bolden can just kind of come in if somebody needs a break or if somebody's injured or something. But Ramondre Stevenson has proved fully capable in the. Receiving game. Um, obviously Damian Harris is almost non-existent in the receiving game, but he's great on the ground. I think, and and if you have like Harris and Stevenson coming at you, like Stevenson's a violent runner. Harris is a really good runner. He eats contact and keeps going. I think they have a really good opportunity there with a two-headed monster. And I think that the window to potentially buy Stevenson, obviously, he's just coming off that huge week, might be to be a little bit more patient as they figure things out between when Harris comes back and how they want to divvy the touches up, but he's definitely a guy to look for, look out for because every time he's been given the opportunity, he has really stepped up to the occasion. And I think he can play a receiving back role, uh, a power back role. And Damien Harris can keep his, you know, his early down uh, Russian workload the same. Um, but obviously this is a new England Patriots. So we never know what's going on in that backfield. But to me, Seems like a good opportunity to really keep your eye on where the splits go. Um, Damian Harris is back at practice today or at least going through the walkthrough because they played Thursday night, so they didn't have a practice. They had a walkthrough, so we'll see how things go from there and if he comes back from his concussion. But uh, emerging star for me, Ramondre Stevenson. What about you, Craig?
0: And I don't think Brandon Bullen goes all the way away e- either because he's the only guy they trust in pass protection at this point in time. So Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson can obviously catch the ball. But when it comes down to like two-minute drill, if they're behind in the game, I think Bolton's still going to be in there more times than not. He had a nice little screen pass where he juked a guy out of his pants too, actually. I was kind of surprised how well he moved. But I'm going to go with the other New England Patriot, and it's going to be Mac Jones. He uh, pretty much showed everybody why he is their guy now at this point in time last week. Very efficient, 19 out of 23. And he had the three touchdowns. He had some very, very nice throws once again. And that accuracy... It's not just because he was at Alabama. The accuracy is there in the NFL as well.
1: Yeah, I I like that one too because, you know, I kind of thought about it and I was like, yeah, I'd love to pick him, but, like, I don't know how great he's going to be for fantasy to me. You know, he kind of sticks to me like your second or your third quarterback chosen in a super flex league where you go with a higher-end quarterback and then you go with the safe guy who maybe, like, Derek esque Kirk Cousins-esque, you know? He's going to, they're going to have some boom games, but they're super safe quarterbacks and they may just give you a really nice floor to play on when you don't know what to do at that super flex position or if you're in need of the bye week. So he definitely is a good one and he's definitely looked the best of this uh, quarterback rookie class, mostly for the fact that some of them have barely gotten uh, opportunity as well. Um, and so, I mean... I agree with you on that one. It it definitely is a good one. He should be a cheaper quarterback option in super flex leagues. Although after this week, maybe not. So But maybe going forward when people see, you know, he offers that 15 point floor and that's relatively where he stays. You might be able to buy him up as a second or third quarterback dev on your roster. So I definitely like that one too, Craig.
0: I think altogether, too, he reminds me like of a young Philip Rivers, like when Philip Rivers first came into the NFL, where he's got some of that upside. He's never going to hurt you. But just like in today's game, we want that rushing from the quarterback, too. So he's always going to be kind of like that low end quarterback one.
1: Absolutely. And I know that there's a lot of people who kind of throw shade at him because he cannot run or he's well, he pretty much can't run. He can move a little. Um, he can it's move a little, but he pretty much Fast. can't run. He can move out of the pocket to get away from pressure. That that's about the extent of it. Um, but like there's pocket passes that you want. Nobody's crying about Tom Brady. I mean, after that, this week was pretty rough, but generally, no one's crying about Tom Brady. You can have some safe pocket passes you can roll with. And like I said, they give you a safe floor. Don't draft him as your first quarterback, obviously because you're going to be disappointed week in and week out to watch this guy go between 12 and 16 points. Get your Kyler Murray, get your Lamar Jackson, get your guy who gives you the boom, the Russian upside, and then take this guy as your second quarterback or even your third quarterback, depending how high, how heavy you go at the quarterback position. But I agree. I don't think it's all about rushing. I think you have to be safe. Like Baker Mayfield and he's not really safe you know like he he'll boom but very rarely but he's usually hovering around like 10 points really hard to watch really not good for the passing game of his team but like a guy like Derek Carr, you saw at the beginning of the year what he can do you've seen some times when he can do something but you would never take him as your first quarterback that's the same way that I see Mac Jones Mm.
0: Well, and I'd say even too, like in dynasty, he's very valuable, too, because he's not that guy that's running around getting hit all the time. He has good pocket presence. He's not going to take these big shots and get hurt. So you're going to have an asset that you're going to hold on to for a long period of time, at least.
1: Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, some some of the guys, some of the mobile quarterbacks kind of get catch some flack for being inconsistent in their ability to throw the football. But then you get a pocket passer, and they're like, oh, well, he can't run. So sometimes you have to take, like, if you can get the best of both worlds, get your pocket passer, get your your running quarterback, and then whatever after that, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Then you get the best of both worlds out of it. You get the safe floor guy. You get the boom quarterback, and your roster's set to go. So, I mean, you can't – usually you can't have it all, and we're seeing that, uh, especially like a guy like Kyler Murray. He loves to run. He loves to move out of the pocket. He's missed the last two weeks. Um, you look at Jalen Hurts. He's he was a great mobile quarterback. He's become far more accurate, but not so great for fantasy football now. So I mean you can't have it all, but you can have a mixture of the two, I think, and that's a really good way to construct a roster is to get a good mix of their of what type of quarterback you have and not lean fully on like a pocket passer or not fully lean on that mobile quarterback, despite how great mobile mobility is for dynasty footballer for fantasy football of course
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um well we kind of talked about the two names but we'll quickly touch on them in toddy or muddy as we move transition in mac jones he had his second top 12 finish of the season his first top five finish cross the board he ranks largely in the bottom half in most of his efficiency categories 17 and a half points per game only one game under 10 seven of them over 15 only for them over 20. For fantasy, like we've been saying, he seems to be a safe play, someone you wouldn't take as your QB1 or a top-12 quarterback, but can potentially give you a safe floor. My question was dynasty, tutty, or muddy. I think we both agree he's a tutty if he's drafted at the right position. Um, is there anything more you want to add on to the Mac Jones?
0: Oh, not really. I think for dynasty is pretty easy. Tutty and I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be one of those guys getting up there. Like if you did a startup today that he'd be like a top 10 quarterback at this point in time yet. So, Mm. and that's kind of, we saw a little bit of that with Joe Burrow last year too. I'm not, it's kind of hard to compare the two, but like where he was getting up in the top, you know, where he's getting to be like the ninth quarterback drafted. That's where it's kind of like, well, do we really believe that? That far ahead yet, or not, you know, and Trevor Lawrence was kind of getting in that range earlier in this year, and in, t- in terms of startups, at least.
1: I love it. Great, uh, great take there. Ramondre Stevenson, of course, he took full advantage of Damian Harris being out, rolled for a 2102 uh on the ground and four and fourteen through the air on five targets, finishing as the RB2 with 27.4 PPR points. Do you think? We kind of touched on it. I think it can be, but do you think this can be maintained? Will Harry will this threaten Harris going forward or can they coexist together? Um, or does it just muddy the situation in this backfield even more? Um, I mean, I kind of touched on it. I think it's I think it's really safe. Um, I think it's a it's a good situation for Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harrison. Like you said, Brandon Bolden won't be all the way out, but he's probably someone you who will be on your waiver wire. You're not going to really own him. You might pick him up in a major pinch or in an injury situation like we just saw this this past week, where Brandon Bolton did see a little bit of work, but nothing too uh, relevant for fantasy. Anything you want to add beyond what I did for Ramondre?
0: I think uh, in terms of this situation, it's going to be a little bit muddy, though, too, just because you've got the two guys. Now we've seen Ramondre Stevenson do good, but then what's going to happen when Damian Harris actually comes back? Are they going to split it? Are they going to... Because, you know, Ramondre Stevenson has been inactive at times this year, healthy scratch. So, obviously, there's something they don't trust in him. And even, you know, he came out and balled out in the preseason. He came out and balled out now. So, it's just like, what's going to happen when Damian Harris comes back? I think the situation is a little bit muddy. I think if you can get rid of Ramondre Stevenson for a decent price at this point in time, I'd probably do it just because – who knows what his future value is going to hold if Damien, cause Damien Harris has looked all right. Most of the year, he just can't stay healthy to save his life either. Though, know? And we kind of seen that for a couple of years now, I think he's got one year left on his deal. So maybe after he leaves, then maybe it's the Ramondre Stevenson time, but, but you know, both of them only have like third and fourth round draft capital. So it's not like they're too highly invested in either one either.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we can't forget, you know, James white is still there in the back of everybody's mind. If he comes back next year, what happens next year? um if he comes back into the picture well of course we know the Patriots love James White we know Bill Belichick loves James White so he's gonna try and get him in there and get him involved although he doesn't take away from the groundwork necessarily he may cut into everybody's PPR upside by taking away pretty much all the work through the air because as we saw right before he got hurt he had almost exclusive coverage of the uh receiving work uh out of that backfield so it'll be interesting to see what happens um as the off season rolls on and as we see you know as the rest of this season rolls on and what type of how are they going to split it how's this whole backfield going to be but this is starting to really look like you know a typical new england patriots running back room where you got three or four guys you never know which one you want to have so you might as well grab as cheap of one as you possibly can get and uh sit him on your bench and hope that he kind of booms for you and you can sell him or he booms for you on the weeks you really need him to boom for you. So the, the difficult uh, uh, situation with the new England Patriots backfield there for sure. Um, next up, we move into another backfield that, I mean, I think the it's a pretty clear picture, but people are obviously going to get hyped up because they were getting hyped up at the start of the season for this guy. And that's AJ Dillon. Um, Of course, Jones is due to miss at least this week for sure, maybe even two weeks with an MCL sprain. Dylan took advantage of, A, the weather and the Jones injury to put up an RB3 performance with 26.8 PPR points, 21, 66 and 2 on the ground, plus 2 and 62 through the air on two targets. Jones just signed a new contract, so... Has a window open for you to move Dylan again if you held him through the preseason hype as uh, I think he's going to take some work from Jones. He's managed 10-plus points in four of 10 games. This past week was his first time getting over 20. What are your thoughts? Dynasty, tutty, muddy, sell? Is he a buy for some circumstance that I may not be able to see right now?
0: I think if you got him, you're probably selling him right now. Like that's the best case scenario. Like you alluded to that uh Aaron Jones does have that contract, but they can get out of Aaron Jones's contract after next season as well. But then AJ Dillon's only got one more year left on his rookie contract at that point in time. So then you got to give him an extension. So it just gets really messy when you get into like all the different variables that could happen with that, especially the Packers are a weird organization when it comes to contracts and finances and all that stuff too. But I think if I have AJ Dillon, If I need to play him, I'll play him. But if I can sell him, I'll sell him. But I think in redraft, if you have him, you're probably playing him or you're trying to trade him away to like the Aaron Jones owner if you can get something decent for him. Maybe you can even do the same thing in Dynasty, but it's kind of interesting with the Aaron Jones injury too because they said one to two weeks, but it actually might end up being three weeks because they got to buy after that third week. So then they could give him like a whole month off essentially.
1: Yeah, no. And I mean, another circumstance to think about in Green Bay, is um, the idea of Aaron Rodgers and where is he going to be and what impact does not have an Aaron Rodgers in back there have on the running back room. And so, I mean, altogether, it's kind of a muddy situation, but you were given an opportunity to sell A.J. Dillon really high at the start of the season when he was getting a garner and a massive hype train. A lot of people held beyond and are suffered for it. And now you're getting this one, two, three-week window, like you said, where you can probably... If people don't believe in that one game, maybe give it another game. And then really your window that that's it. You know, you got a week, move them to someone who's trending towards the playoffs, try and get some picks. You know, you may not be worth a first round pick or anything, but you might be able to get a player with that you can trust more that has more stability, a bit more of a safer floor, more upside for you. So I would definitely be thinking about that. And if you are a big Green Bay Packers fan, I was listening to Andrew Brandt this morning and uh, they're selling off a bunch of shares. I believe it's 300,000 shares at $300. You have no say in what happens in the organization. You just get a piece of paper saying you have a share. So if you have $300 sitting around um, and you want to buy a, a singular share in, because they're unique, they're a publicly run you know, football team and they have a board instead of an owner. So this is your opportunity to get some ownership of the uh green bay packers if you're interested i think that's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m so um yeah
0: i've seen that too because uh kirk benkert the practice squad quarterback he's like maybe they'll put me on the 53 man roster if i buy a share or at least i can vote myself up or <laughs> so
1: <laughs> it is so weird such a weird concept to think about in green bay it's almost um, like a scam a you
0: way, know, because it's just like you get a piece of paper we get money and you have and it doesn't like you don't get a dividend you don't get like technically there's a meeting once a year like if if you got enough of the people there to go to it and they really wanted to say like hey fire mark murphy or brian gutekunst or something if you had enough people there then you could do it but like it's not going to happen because there's so many shares and they sold them for like last 60 years
1: Yeah, exactly. They sell them off. I can't remember what he said. Like every 10 or between 10 and 20 years, they do a sell-off of a bunch of shares. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, maybe it'll mean something. But for the time being, it's just a a nice collector's edition thing. Uh, Very unique thing that you're not getting from any other football team. Um, Next up, Brian Edwards. Um, Some of you may know him as uh, Randy Moss. Um, He finally had himself a game. He went three for 88 and one on four targets. Of course, the one touchdown probably helped massively. If not, we're looking at an 11.8 point performance and fallen outside the top 24. Again, he's now seen four targets in four straight games. Despite the rugs departure, he's only managed five plus targets in three of nine games this season. He's produced 50 yards or more in four games, touchdowns in only two games. Are people still holding on to a pipe dream with this one? Do you think he's worth holding on to? Or do you think the situation... Like, this offense does not look the same without Henry Ruggs. I get they brought Deshaun Jackson in, who kind of soured people's taste in his mouth with the fumble this past weekend. But it doesn't look the same. Something seems off without that big, deep threat to really open up the field. Um, What are you doing with Brian Edwards?
0: This is like a tough one because I really like Brad Edwards coming out of South Carolina. There's so many things behind him that obviously look good. And I don't think like the Raiders have ever really tried to use him the right way though, too. They keep trying to push him down the field and it's just like, that's not, he's like a big physical wide receiver. This this is not like how you're supposed to be used. So, I mean, like if you can sell him and you can get something decent for it, do it. If not, then I guess you just hold on to him for now at this point in time. I'm trying to remember somebody offered me something for him in a dynasty league. And I'm like, this is kind of tempting, but like the player they offer me, it's like, is slightly better, but I really don't like that player either. So it's like, eh,
1: Yeah, it's so tough to decide if, you know, eventually he's going to be worth something and you should move him. But I feel like the hype was probably there when he was getting comps to Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens and whatever other crazy things people are saying based off of literally team practices and preseason games. Um, That was probably the window. I think you're kind of stuck with him until the Raiders figure out what's going on, because I mean, the assumption would be there's going to be a new coach. You know it's going to be a whole new staff they're going to kind of turn over everything again there in vegas and clean up their act and right now you just don't know what's going to go on you know brian edwards will be on the team but what type of role will we have will he have will he be used properly but i mean if you can get something decent out of it someone you trust a little bit more go ahead why not take take the shot because you just never know what brian edwards but you don't want to be looking, you know, you're two years deep into your career. I understand you're one with semi right off with the injuries and stuff, but you don't want to be going into year three and still have all these question marks like Brian Edwards does on your friend on your dynasty roster.
0: Yeah, well, I was just thinking about something too. I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> but it's just, but it's so weird because like Derek Carr talks him up all the time, but yet he never throws him the ball. It's like,
1: yeah, I mean, four targets like you're basically the number one well okay hunter Renfro is the number one wide receiver on that team let's just face it but Mm -hmm. like you're technically you know by like size speed you know everything you want in a receiver he's technically like your number one wide receiver and he's seeing four targets a game and in four straight games and somehow you can't really get excited about that and he like Hunter Renfro seeing like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 targets, seeing so much work because he's working in the slot with Darren Waller and everyone's busy covering Darren Waller. But like you would expect more from Brian Edwards at this point, especially with the departure of Henry Ruggs. But like I said, I don't think that offense is running the same without Henry Ruggs opening up the top for them.
0: Oh, I remember what else it was. The, have you seen about that draft class that Brian Edwards was in? He's the only guy, he's the only guy left that they drafted in that entire draft class. So they had yes, uh, I did see that
1: because they had uh, the buddy they shipped off to Miami. Um the receiver the butt Bowden. They drafted him
0: Lynn Bowden, the running back receiver, whatever you want to call him.
1: Yep. And then they had, I think they had an offensive lineman that they released. And yeah, I saw the list out there, and he's the last man standing like imagine.
0: Well, because they got rid of Arnett because he made the stupid video with the big old gun and... Just off topic a little bit. How stupid are you to do that when you have an injury? You should be focused on getting back to playing football, not just making stupid videos with guns, saying you're going to come after. Apparently, people.
1: things people are saying. What is it, Vegas? Is it Vegas that's doing this? Because uh, you know these guys are young. You're you're giving a lot of money to 22 year olds, 23 year olds 1st second year players in the NFL, and these situations are coming up in you know Sin City and all its glory. But you can't just go off and sign a bunch of 27, 8, 9, and 30-year-olds to fill out your roster because you don't trust young kids. So,
0: Uh, At some point in time, you have to be a better judge of character, which apparently John Gruden wasn't. And Tanner (laughs) Muse was the other one that was on that list too. He was a safety at Clemson. They tried to convert him to linebacker and it didn't work, so they cut him, which was a terrible pick just to start with. Let's just talk about that (laughs) real quick.
1: Yeah, that's tough when you look back at a class that was so recent. And this is a predicament that you're in only in Vegas slash Oakland because it was still I happening in Oakland, too.
0: Well, I hope that Mayock just gets one draft class of his very own because the other, since he's been there, it's just these are Gruden's guys. Besides Alex Leatherwood, who is apparently Tom Cable's guy, who's had no chance of playing tackle in the NFL either way. He was a guard all the way. They finally figured it out after six games, though.
1: I love it. I love it. I love talking, talking smack about some teams, but I mean, as an Eagles fan, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to talk too too loud too quickly. Um, this next one, I want you to rate these three from dynasty Tud to dynasty mud. So there's going to be a Tuddy, despite how ugly this is, there's got to be a Tuddy. There's got to be a middleman. So Tuddy's more like a buy a middleman. Who's more of a hold and a muddy. Who's a more of a sell. Mike Williams—he exploded for twenty-plus and of the first five games, including two thirty-plus efforts. Apparently, he is playing through an injury, so they said on the broadcast a couple weeks back. But he's failed to eclipse ten points in five of the last six. Jarvis Landry has been the people's favorite value pick year over year. He was banged up early, then OBJ departed, and thoughts were things would get better. So far, Landry has finished top 24 once in six appearances, including failing to even surpass wide receiver 32 in the last four straight weeks. Russell Gage was seen as a value by some in the offseason when Julio was moved, and he was kind of, the second man standing behind Calvin Ridley. And then of course Calvin Ridley situation happened. So far, he did not play. So far he did not play in three games. He laid an egg, a complete zero in three games, including last week. And he's dropped 16 in 0.7 and 13.4 in two of three games, in which he actually scored fantasy points. Give me your TUD, your buy, your hold, and your sell or your mud in of those three guys.
0: Well, I really just, I don't want anything to do with like any of these Atlanta wide receivers at this point in time. So like you got Russell Gage, you got all my Zacchaeus, you got Tajay, Tajay Sharp. I don't remember what where I said this, but he's like the perfect wide receiver for to have on an NFL team because he can just fill in it like any position, but he's not like good enough to ever start on a team or you shouldn't <laughs> want him starting on a team. But then like Gage, like somebody there is always probably going to have like a decent week, but picking which one it's going to be is going to be impossible. I I was never really too big on Russell Gage. He's a great person. Not that great of a football player at this point in time. Not like super consistent either. And mm-hmm. Matt Ryan's just so hit or miss nowadays too. It's just like he plays really good against the crappy teams and then he plays terrible against the real good teams. So it's it's just hard to watch. But uh,
1: So dang. he would be your mud?
0: He'd be the guy I don't want any part of at all.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. Like maybe you buy Mike Williams and hope he gets better again. Cause I feel like the price like shouldn't be that high now. Cause you had the beginning of the year. Then he had that knee injury, but he played a bunch of snaps this past week, which mm-hmm. was a good sign to see, but they still play like crap and him and Justin Herbert weren't very good either. So uh, I guess maybe he's the Herberts buy. Maybe had he...
1: a few games. Herbert said like a few games in the last four or five weeks there where he's having a rough go in his next, I think it's the next three weeks are pretty tough matchups uh for fantasy for him up against these teams and their, their opportunities against fantasy quarterbacks. So I don't know if you see that come around for Mike Williams, but uh yeah.
0: Yeah. I just feel like maybe his value dipped enough that where you can buy him and then you can kind of make it back up at some point in time. And then I guess Jarvis Landry is kind of whole because he's that guy you can throw in your lineup just kind of in a pinch by week. Somebody gets hurt. It's, Never gonna kill you.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, Matt's over here saying uh his order would be uh Williams Landry Gage. Um, he would be holding out hope that Mike uh Williams will go somewhere in the off season where he can be in a 1A-1B situation. Um, and of course, I think we can all agree we don't trust Baker Mayfield, and we really hope that they go a different route at quarterback, but at this point, it's a very d- tough. S- situation figure out who's doing what at the quarterback position especially with such a murky quarterback class coming out um uh,
0: baker's dealing away. with three baker's dealing with three separate injuries now too yeah so his he, foot's he's bad his shoulder's bad now his up. knee's bad and jarvis landry's been dealing with a like a knee injury for like most of the season too so at least it holding him you know it's probably going to get better at some point in time i don't Agreed. know when, but
1: Agreed. And also in the comments, he said, if Gage was going to merge, he'd have done it already. I agree. If you're going to emerge, you don't lay three eggs in a season. Like that's bad. That's really bad. Um, So for me, I think I tend to feel the same way. I feel like if you can buy Williams, he's probably the one you can buy almost Gage would probably be the cheapest, but you can't trust him. I would probably buy Williams because he's got the best upside. Plus he may have free agency on his side and Landry's like the ultimate hold he's always a hold and see He's likely the guy you're going to hold, 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 and you're going to end up stuck with him until he's 35 and completely riding off into the sunset. So he's almost like the ultimate fantasy hold year in year out draft him wherever he lands. Cause he usually lands at what wide receiver between wide receiver 30 and 40 in your draft. So, I mean, to me, he's like the ultimate grab him where you can and hold him where you can because eventually things should get better for Landry. We've seen him do really well. Um, so there's no reason to sell low because you'd have to sell very low at this point with what he's going through in uh, Cleveland.
0: It's kind of like the Julian Edelman effect. You just kind of keep having him on your team until he gets too old and falls apart.
1: Or or completely retires out of the blue like he did to to uh, some owners
0: well his knee was gone so and he was exactly trying to play
1: for a while it is similar with landry too because he's usually banged up every single year and there's usually something so i mean it's tough to say but yeah at this point like i grabbed gage in a couple of redraft leagues and basketball leagues like oh man look at that look how far he dropped i should have let him keep dropping (laughs) clearly clearly should have let him keep dropping um Next one up, this was this was for Jim. So I mean, sucks that Jim couldn't be on, but he wanted to talk Rondell Moore. Moore's averaging 8.4 points per game in PPR. He's only managed to eclipse 10 on three occasions, uh, twice in the first two weeks. He's managed 30 yards three times. They seem to be manufacturing the touches for him, mixing him into the rushing game, plus his average depth of target target currently sits at 1.6 yards uh with a 5.3 yards after the catch um per target and uh only 3.4 percent of the team's air yards is it a is it time to get out from under him in dynasty or i guess the bigger question was is he a good buy low do you trust him enough in fantasy that he's going to start to become relevant if you go out there and buy him right now
0: i feel like in dynasty if you can buy him low I don't even know what you call buying low at this point is really, honestly. Like if you could give him for like a third round pick, I'd do it every day of the week because, but I don't think anybody, anybody that has around Moore is probably not going to give you that for that. I
1: don't, I'd almost consider a second so far like, in this class and what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, the, the kind of the, the coming out of it being, I might almost consider a second this year because he's probably worth more than the receivers who may be in the second round if, of your rookie drafts this year,
0: yeah, I'm just like looking back. Uh, he was going at the beginning, of the second round last year, end of the first round occasionally. But I, th- the thing with him is Christian Kirk and AJ Green both might not be there next year since they're both mm-hmm. free agents. I know, like his snap sure wasn't the greatest. Like this week, it was down, but he had a concussion. He had a neck injury as well. Like they didn't even, I didn't even think he was going to play this week, to be honest. And then he still went out there and played like 30% snaps, which to me is a good thing. But I hope like as Chase Edmonds is out, they start to use him a little bit more in that short, quick passing game. But you know, it's one of those things I saw somewhere on Twitter and people were like, Oh, people overreacting about Rondell Moore, not having a big uh, depth of target or anything. And they're like, Oh, that's how he's going to be used all the, all the time. So it's like, people it's kind of like people freaking out for nothing at this point in time. Like at this, like next year, hopefully you should be on the field more like having Christian Kirk there hurts him because Christian Kirk plays in the slot too. If you can get Christian Kirk out of there, if he's in the slot full time next year, it's going to help him out quite a bit. Plus, you know, having Zach hurts there too, as well. It's just another mouth to feed and it just kind of gets messy from there.
1: Yeah, the idea of, you know, Zach Ertz is an impending free agent. Like the idea that there's these three big names, you likely know one is moving on. There's a very good chance two may be moving on. Maybe opens the window for Rondale Moore next year. So if you can get him on the cheap, I'd probably give up a second for him this year. I know it doesn't sound cheap, but judging Mm -hmm. by everything I'm reading and seeing, especially from like some people I trust who watch film and stuff, I think a second's okay in this year's draft, this year's draft. It's got to stay in this year's draft, though, for it to happen.
0: If you can do like a late second, I'd I'd consider that for sure. Um, You got a good question here. Yeah,
1: we got a question. Banged up Baker or Jimmy G this week? 100% Jimmy G. I I don't think I can trust Baker Mayfield as far as he can throw a football right now.
0: So Jimmy Grapple plays Jacksonville. I'm taking him for this week. But I mentioned in my waiver wire video, it's just like, look at his schedule. Like the next five weeks are a cakewalk. And then plus the Mm -hmm. rest, plus the very end of the season is a cakewalk. He has like two hard games for the rest of the year. Like, so as long as he stays the starter and I don't think as long as he's healthy, I don't think they're going to bench him unless he plays like complete crap one game. But I don't think they really want to put Trey Lance out there this year. And even the game when Trey Lance was out there, the offense was so dumbed down. There was no motion. And if you watched the Monday night football game last night, that's all the announcers are saying. Look at the motion. Look, or well, I guess it was painting and Eli. The they were loving. I, love it. I was like, watching the other broadcast.
1: They were loving Jimmy Garoppolo. Like all like I don't watch a Brady cast, but this uh, the other cast that was going on that mm-hmm. probably gets way less viewership um they they were praising jimmy g the whole time they showed lance and they were like why would you play lance when you got jimmy g look what he's doing and he was torching an la rams defense that hasn't been playing up to the level we saw last year but it's still the la rams defense
0: and if you take out that like rams game or not the rams game the game when they play in the rain against the colts if you take that game out, Jimmy G's been like great all season, He's, you know, minus the injury games, minus the rain game. He's been very good. So and now he and has his full confidence in weapons.
1: I'd be super nervous of Baker Mayfield and when he won't be able to complete a game like there's got to be a line with this poor guy is like he can't cross it. Like and I feel like we're getting there um and you don't want to be that guy saying yeah i started baker this week as my qb and he gets you like three or four points and then he has to leave the game because he's too too banged up or he's he's too in pain or whatever like i feel like we're getting to that point especially where with the situation that that cleveland is in right now they're giving him every chance to play for the contract but it's almost at this point like it's hurting killing him him. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, and they—I watched a little bit of that Patriots Browns game in the beginning, and they were saying he is going to sleep with the splint on his foot because of (laughs) how much pain he's in. And they like, and then he's like, "I'll rip it off like three hours into the night or whatever." But I don't think he actually ends up playing this week. I wouldn't be surprised if Case Keenum starts this week and just let him heal up a little bit.
1: Yeah, especially with the aspirations of getting to the playoffs, you probably want to roll with Baker as your quarterback. As ugly as that sounds, over Case Keenum. So, yeah, we we me and Craig here are going Jimmy G. Um, on that one, uh, read that comment. Tell me what it says, Craig. Um,
0: <laughs> also, how are you doing? I don't remember which of you I follow, but it came from the Annoying Bird app. Bonus question: To remain relevant, Mac Jones better than Jimmy or Nah? trying to fill stafford by week so i like mac jones better this week against the falcons
1: they're both goals. they're both such good matchups they both should be able to land between safely between 20 and 25 like you got the falcons and then jimmy g's got did you say the jags like
0: yeah, but they could just run the ball 40 times against them like they did on the Rams last mm-hmm. night, too. So then, but it's the like... Matt,
1: but Mac Jones, same situation. If Damien Damian Harris is back this week and they going through walkthrough, like you could just go with Bolden, Stevenson, and Harris and really just run the ball down Atlanta's throat and just try and control the pace of the game and just get out there with a win because it's Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I feel like the Patriots probably are more likely to throw more passes. So that's where I lean on that side, I guess.
1: I like it. I like it, definitely. So hopefully we helped you there in avoiding Baker. And, uh, well, I think I lean more the Jimmy G way. Craig leans the Mac Jones way, but I feel like you really can't go wrong either way. You're definitely getting a safe floor and a chance at getting a bit of a nicer in-between ceiling type thing with both of them with their matchups this week. Um, last time or your before we get into a word from viridian global um tj hawkinson and mike kasicki they both laid eggs kasicki for the second time this season Kasicki's currently the tight end three on the season hawk the tight end five tj hawkinson averaging 0.8 points more per game who is your teddy and who is your Muddy going forward in dynasty um i honestly think that i'm I'd be still rolling with TJ Hawkinson, despite the situation with Mike Gesicki. I feel like there may be a lot of things changing this offseason in Miami. And I mean, Gesicki just started finally getting more looks this year with the banged up receiving weapons that are out there.
0: Yeah. So it's definitely Hawkinson for me. This, his situation should only get better. Like Jared Goff's not going to be playing quarterback forever, I guess hopefully not
1: at least you pray
0: <laughs> well and like he only had one target this week but he ran the second most routes on the team jared goff got banged up only threw for like 140 yards or something like that two and five quarters which is just terrible first of all Gesicki, like he he had the easier matchup and he goose egg too he doesn't really have any mm-hmm. other competition there. I guess Hawkinson doesn't have much competition outside of Swift either. though. And but. I think
1: I, I, and I mean the weather wasn't on Detroit's side. I mean, look at their, their, I think they had three running backs finishing the top 32 of them in the top 24 and the rain was bad. Like that was just coming down. Like Pat Frymuth had that fumble, which probably can be more attributed to the weather than he himself. Um, and they played their tie, a 16-16 tie. So that just shows how bad that right. that weather situation was. And Mike Gasicki, he drew seven targets and still managed to come up <laughs> with a goose egg. Like I think you have to try really hard to lay an egg on seven targets.
0: Well, and the thing with Gasicki too, he either stays in Miami and it's kind of muddy there. Or he's a free agent and he goes somewhere else, but he is not a tight, he's not a regular tight end. He doesn't play tight end, he plays out wide, he plays in the slot, he plays more slot snaps than any other tight end in the National Football League. He averages like three inline snaps a week right now for this season. It's just like but he's that weird pseudo tight end where he's big, but he always plays out like it's really interesting to see what teams are gonna be willing to pay guys like him and Eric Ebron this offseason mm-hmm. and how they value those going forward. And if he doesn't land in the right situation, like he could just be dust really easy. And this is like, he's coming out this year, but it's because there's no Devonta Parker there. Well, Fuller broke his finger. Apparently it was a lot worse than we initially expected, but there's a chance mm-hmm. he could be back this week too. But like, so if Parker and Fuller are there. What's you he he gonna do probably nothing. Yeah. For the rest no. of this year. And then you still have, I think another year of Parker, you got Jalen Waddle there. They're probably going to get some other pieces there. If Hunter Long comes along in his development, then if they even keep Gusecki, it's not very pretty either.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I it almost feels like he could end up like Austin Hooper. He goes test-free agency, looks like people are like, oh, he could get a good landing opportunity. He lands. People are like, oh, maybe. And then he kind of just disappears into oblivion, similar to Austin Hooper. That's kind of what I think
0: could be a lot like Jonu Smith last year, except Jonu Smith actually can play in line and block.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it just, it's just a shame because if it was just Jonu Smith instead of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, I think Jonu Smith, you know, you'd be talking about him as maybe a top six, top eight tight end. Instead, Hunter Henry is completely vulture in touchdowns from Jonu Smith, which as we know last season, Jonu Smith had a really high touchdown rate, and it's something he had to continue to live up to in uh, New England, in order to live up to the expectations that people had him at
0: well they've been using janu a lot in line to block because hunter henry's really struggled to block this year too
1: which works in hunter henry's favor and fantasy owners favor i guess yep. more or less um we're going to move on into Golden fool's gold but first a word from our sponsors over at reading global
0: here at the gold jacket podcast we take family very seriously We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline. It's a word that ensures trust. It's a word that, well, around here, means that I know that I can count on you to have my back. Viridian Global is family. A family of the fantasy collective. And that is the exact reason Viridian Global will have your back. And I don't just mean literally covering your back in the best apparel they can possibly outfit you in. I mean at every step of the way from finding the brand that fits you best to tracking your order to making sure you are fully satisfied at every step with over 50 brands, a part of the fantasy football collective family. What are you waiting for? Join the family. Now Viridian Love
1: it there. We, we had Jim on, we did, we didn't, we didn't even realize it, but we still had Jim yep. on. Um, so let's move right into Golden fool's gold for week 11. Of course, if you've never tuned into the show, welcome and we hope you continue to come back on a weekly basis with us um gold is our must start one of our favorite starts of the week fool's gold is someone who is deceptive and maybe someone you want to start but you should probably consider not and maybe just go ahead and sit him um We'll start in the quarterback room, of course. Gold for me, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Apparently, it sounds like he's going to be a go this week, and he's playing the New York Jets. The New York Jets have allowed 25-plus points to four of the last five quarterbacks faced. This includes allowing seven quarterbacks to get over 250 yards and three to get over 300. They also are currently on a wonderful five-straight-week stretch of multi-touchdown games allowed through the air to quarterbacks. Tua has gotten over two uh, has gotten over twenty fantasy points in three of his four healthy games and was well on his way there uh, against Baltimore before getting injured. The Jets are just really really bad and I trust Tua big time. Um, his averages when healthy are top ten quarterback um, right now, so I'm rolling Tua in this matchup. Uh, Craig, I know I didn't, since you were like six man sub, I gave you just the responsibility of finding a gold in each of these. So who's your gold QB?
0: Yeah. So I got fool's gold too, if you want it, but uh, I put for the gold QB. I put Mac Jones this week. He's coming in at quarterback 15 in ECR. He's going against the Atlanta Falcons. You don't get much easier matchups than that. So should finish as a top 10 quarterback this week, as long as he you know, throws the ball more than 23 times. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he did it last week with only throwing the ball 23 times too. So maybe the magic yeah, number is
1: <laughs> Yeah, maybe that could be the the magical number. And hopefully they don't go to a complete run game um, in that matchup. Uh, Fool's goal, well, I guess I'll have it as well from you. But uh, Carson Wentz for me up against Buffalo. The Bills have only allowed two quarterbacks to eclipse 20 plus points. Three have dropped below 10 two under 15 um ranks fourth in interceptable passes and 13th in danger plays before last week and we know he tried to throw a few more of those danger plays and interceptable passes Um, and the bills are a team who will make you pay for those mistakes the bills in the last five weeks have only allowed one touchdown through the air and have six interceptions For them were mike white so i'll give you an even better stat on the season six touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks 15 interceptions total only two quarterbacks have managed to get over the 250 yard threshold through the air carson wentz has just been he's been okay for fantasy but he's been so dangerous there's so many times you're sitting there and there's a couple plays a game that could turn into interceptions this is one of those games that if he tries to pull that bullshit the bills will make him pay.
0: Yeah, and definitely with Carson Wentz, I know like people were telling him for a while they're like, he's only got one interception. I'm like, yeah, but he should have like five more. <laughs> Doesn't mean that <laughs> definitely, definitely somebody dropped it that it didn't happen. Like uh, <laughs> he had like the easiest like four or five game stretch for a while there too because he played like the Jets, the Jaguars, like Houston, and then uh, Jaguars, I already said the Jaguars that was last week. He still he still needed to do good versus them. He got like eight points.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: but uh yeah, in terms of fool's gold i put justin herbert down he's coming in at quarterback nine in ECR, going against the steelers who have a relatively decent defense overall not as good as it's been some years but still pretty good overall as long as joe hayden's healthy in this game he only played a couple he only played i think like 23 of snaps last week so i'm not sure what his injury is if i'm assuming it's an injury so but as long as he's playing i think you know the chargers they've kind of been struggling on offense Justin herbert's not played as well so It could be a tough matchup for him overall.
1: I like it. Definitely a good one there. Running back gold. I'm going with the stack. Miles Gaskin against the New York Jets. Miles Gaskin is actually the RB 20 on this season in PPR with four top 24 appearances. That is it. And six games is the RB 30 or worse. Name me a running back for fantasy scoring who's benefited more from the torrent of injuries at the position. Miles Gaskins averaging five less points per game than he did last season. He's managed ten plus points in five games. Four of those against defenses that ranked in the bottom twelve of the league against running backs. And of course, the New York Jets are the worst defense against running backs. Um, in eight games, he's seen four more targets and eclipsed fifty yards rushing only two times. He ranks ninth in weighted opportunities, so he's getting maximum opportunity top 10 opportunity and he is a real dud um as i alluded to above uh the jets are putrid offensively defensively and they're further away from any relevancy than people think i believe the jets are giving up the most fantasy points per game by over five points on the second worst uh to the running back position They're third most yards on the ground third most through the air and the most touchdowns on the ground by five over the second worst Miles Gaskin, man, if there's an opportunity to start him, you're really running low on opportunities because the schedule does get a little bit harder for Miami. This is another golden opportunity.
0: Yeah. And with I'm just glad you said the Jets are the worst team against the running back now. It's not the Texans anymore. <laughs> the <laughs> Texans it was the are Texans actually, for a long time.
1: Yeah, the Texans are actually like eighth or ninth worst. They're not even that bad against the against the running back anymore. So
0: we got better last three weeks. <laughs>
1: There you go. It might be, could be the matchups too, but we'll say you got better. We'll say you got better.
0: Yeah. And then Gaskin, a lot of what goes into him too. He's not catching the ball quite as much this year. And that offensive line has been terrible. Like there's no easy way around that. But Mm -hmm. in terms of my gold, I got David Montgomery. He came back the last time we saw him. They had a bye week. He's going to be as healthy as he's probably going to get the rest of the season And he saw, what, like 80% of the snaps last time? And we were like, oh, maybe Khalil Herbert will factor in. Well, didn't look like that way. Goes against Baltimore. It's kind of a middle-of-the-pack matchup, but he's going to be out there. He's going to get touches. They're going to want to run the ball because when Bill Lazor is the offensive coordinator, they want to run the ball. Sorry, Adam Gase. You like throwing the ball 40 times a game for no reason.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I like that one too. Uh, Fool's goal for me. I hate to say it, but I'm going to Antonio Gibson, man, against Carolina. Gibson continues to remain banged up. He faces a Carolina defense that has been fairly strong against the run, fairly strong altogether. Gibson's the RB19 on the season and finally managed his first top 12 performance last week. He's He isn't booming like you would have hoped. His four games over 15 points are buoyed by touchdowns. Two multi-touchdown games, one with a 73-yard receiving touchdown. His two yards per carry, which discounts 10-plus yards, runs, ranks 43rd among running backs. The Panthers have given up a total of five touchdowns this season, literally to their running back position. The only thing working in his favor is that they've allowed one each of the last five games I'm not taking anything away from the idea that Gibson got touchdowns and obviously you're never going to take that away from him but that just goes to show you need the touchdowns Carolina may not necessarily be there to give them up the Panthers are top 12 across the board in stats against running backs yards per game attempts per game against touchdowns allowed per game they're giving up the second least points per game against running backs Outside of Zeke and Cook, no running back has managed 20 or more, and only one other has achieved 15 or more, and that was James Conner last week.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I actually went with his teammate, J.D. McKissick. He's coming in at running back 26 in ECR right now, which I think is super high. I think this is going to be a pretty boring game, back and forth, a lot of defense, not a lot of points scored, just kind of neutral game script the whole time so i don't think it really favors either one of them obviously we've seen gibson get a little bit more work last week so that kind of takes away a little bit from mckissick so i don't think either one of them are guys that should you should be too excited about this week i think if you have antonio gibson this is like your last chance to get out because you have the two touchdown game so somebody might buy him now you know coming off that bye week they're like oh maybe his shin's fine it's not fine trust me it's not gonna be fine
1: no the way to recovery in this situation was rest he's had no rest so so be very, very careful with Gibson. Wide receiver, gold for me. Oh, boys, I'm doing it. It hurts. DJ Moore against the Washington football team. This is the get-right game for DJ Moore. Looks like they're preparing for Cam Newton to be the starting quarterback. The football team has given up the most touchdowns to wide receivers, the fourth-most yards, and the second-most points per game to wide receivers. DJ Moore or Darnold has been a huge disappointment and now newton is in dj moore's top five in air yards and unrealized air yards and has seen a catchable target percentage rank in 82nd among wide receivers his seven drops haven't helped either ranking in second among wide receivers but i think this is definitely an opportunity to get right and cam is gonna look to to win the job they want to give cam newton a chance to win the damn job for next year like that just blows my mind. But yeah, DJ Moore this week against football team.
0: For DJ Moore's sake, I hope Cam Newton's not the quarterback next year. <laughs> Cause I agreed. I, I've just been on this thing. I got the hashtag get re- DJ Moore a real quarterback for like two years now. <laughs> I'm just like
1: it's never ending.
0: Yeah, but I don't think Cam Newton's probably gonna help his catchable ball percentage at all because he's not very accurate anymore. But is definitely a good matchup dj moore's obviously a great wide receiver but when sam darnold went downhill he went right downhill with him because of everything but uh my wide receiver gold this week is actually jameson crowder he's coming in at wide receiver 39 this week against miami miami is terrible against slot wide receivers just probably going to be behind in this game have to throw the ball not sure who's going to be quarterback yet whether it's mike white joe flacco josh johnson Zach Wilson whoever somebody's gonna throw the slot wide receiver and you know Corey Davis probably the best wide receiver on the team but he's gonna see Zayvon Howard or Byron Jones on the outside so looking like a pretty good matchup for Jameson Crowder once again they don't really have a tight end because Tyler Cross hurt Brian Griffin's just kind of a chugger at this point in time too so I think he definitely has the potential to finish probably like a top 30 wide receiver maybe a little bit upside for more this week just based on volume and like PPR format
1: I like it. Definitely a good one there. My fool's gold. This is going to be a tough one for owners to swallow. I got Deontay Johnson against the uh, LA Chargers. Ben Roethlisberger's status still uncertain. um, And as much as that may matter because you know he hasn't been great either but he loves to defeat deontay johnson uh the chargers are number one against opposing wide receivers but are in the bottom 10 against both opposing running backs and tight ends so this really feels like it could be leaning towards you know a pat fryer moose naji harris type game less the wide receivers um, Johnson failed to hit the top 24 last week behind the arm of Rudolph, despite 13 targets and a seven and 83 stat line against the lions. Sure. weather, sure weather definitely played a factor in this, but matchup is playing the major factor this week with the LA chargers.
0: Yeah, so I my fool's goal is actually Tyler Lockett this week. We've seen Russell Wilson come back last week, not look that good. He plays in the slot most of the time. Byron Murphy, the best corner for the Cardinals, plays in the slot most of the time, too. So it's just not a matchup that I'm chasing this week. I think Tyler Lockett, we've seen him been kind of inconsistent or down, pretty much just down because it's not even inconsistent at this point in time. The beginning of the year was good. Then it went downhill again, kind of like it does every year. He'll get back up at some point in time when Russell Wilson starts getting back to himself, but I don't think it's going to be in this game
1: i like that one that's definitely a good one you definitely got ride a roller coaster with tyler lockett and you're probably gonna be sitting him in your first round or second round playoff matchup and he's gonna go off for like 30 or 40 points it, it's inevitable it happens probably 50. yeah even maybe even 50 maybe even um tight ends gold for me i'm going to the cj uzama well against the vegas raiders um are second the vegas raiders are second worst in per game points allowed to the position Five of the last seven games, the Raiders have given up 12-plus points to a tight end. Uzuma ranks top 10 in snapshare and routes run, run among tight ends. He's top three in touchdowns with an astronomical 20% touchdown rate, and he is number one in points per target thanks to that touchdown rate. I think he's got a good chance to probably get you limited targets, but see, maybe one two touchdowns could even be a multi-touchdown game against this Vegas Raiders defense. So I'm rolling with CJ Uzuma.
0: Yes, I went with Adam Troutman. He's coming in at ECR tight end 17 at this point in time. He goes against your Eagles this week. Don't need to say too much about the Eagles against tight ends. Just talk about what they did against the Chargers. I think you talked about that before. So Troutman's getting more volume lately. He's been playing more than 80% of snaps last three games. Jawan Johnson was inactive two games ago. Only played 15% of snaps last week. Nick Vanette's back healthy, so maybe he'll be around at some point. But he's just a blocking tight end either way. Troutman... Him and Simeon got a little bit of chemistry, maybe. I have no idea, but they're also designing a couple plays for him here and there, too. Some have not been quite successful, but if he gets in that end zone, he's definitely going to be a tight end, you know, top 10, top 12 tight end this week, though.
1: 100%. If you get touchdown, you're almost a lock for top 12 tight end at this point. Um, Yeah, but for anyone who wants more uh, incentive to go at Troutman, we gave up three top 12 tight ends to the Chargers two weeks ago. Two top 12 tight ends to the Denver Broncos this past week. So, if you need any more reason, considering Adam Truman's pretty much the only option, except likely Jawan Johnson, this will be the game he plays like 10 snaps and catches two targets, one of them being a touchdown. But no matter what, Adam Trumman is definitely a good play. I agree with that one for sure. Uh, Fool's goal for me. I'm going on the flip side of the ball. Dallas Goddard up against the New Orleans Saints. He's currently going through the concussion protocol and banged up, obviously, after a pretty brutal hit last week. He's seeing touches, but isn't getting the red zone touches or touchdown looks. Four straight weeks now without a red zone look. Of course, last week he only played like five snaps before getting knocked out no touchdown since week four he's over five catches only twice this year four games where he's been over 50 yards he screams volatile to me which is a damn shame because i love dallas goddard the saints are eighth best in point in uh, per game average allowed to tight ends the top tight end for an opponent has yet to score over 10 fantasy points against the saints defense two tight ends have put up nine two have put up eight and two have put up seven so he's likely just gonna miss being a top 12 tight end for you because he's gonna probably come in below 10. there might even be a chance he doesn't play
0: yeah i think he definitely has a chance to miss two this week and mm-hmm. my fools goal tight end it's probably gonna get like eggs thrown at us or something because everybody loves him it's kyle pitts and he goes against the patriots on thursday night the only really offensive so the weapon the Falcons have this week is Kyle Pitts. What the Patriots do? Take away the top offensive weapon every single time. So if Cordell Patterson does not play at all this week, you know, he's banged up. I think it was an ankle that he suffered. Then they're just going to be like, okay, we'll take Kyle Pitts away. We'll let – if Russell Gage or Ole My Zaccheus or Christian Blake or Tajay Sharp or, God forbid, Frank Darby does something for once, they'll be happy with that. Or Mike Davis. Like, if Mike Davis scores a touchdown, they'll be happy. Like <laughs> – I don't, I don't. Yeah, if Mike Davis, Davis does Davis. anything,
1: all, yeah, I, it, I think it's gonna hurt them a ton not to have Cordero Patterson in this week. I think that's yeah. gonna be really bad for that offense. He is like the engine that made that offense. I'm gonna say sputter. It didn't purr, but it sputtered and it gave you some uh, some some points of feeling up and upbeat about it. But uh no, I agree. And you know what? On the Gold Jacket Podcast, we will not throw eggs over throwing Kyle Pitts under the bus this year because we uh we have spoke against him and I picked him as fool's gold a couple weeks ago against uh I think it was against New Orleans because they were good against tight ends and just because he moves out wide doesn't mean he's safe because that just means that they can isolate the outside weapon with some help over top with the safety and stuff so it wasn't spelling um good for him Course, he has had a couple pretty brutal drops over the past couple weeks that also could have amounted to making him way more relevant in fantasy. Um, but yeah, that is it. Craig, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, shout out to everybody who uh joined us, uh, Kyle and Matt, uh, down there in the uh comments section. Um, make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening or watching um follow the whole true north fantasy football crew right above craig's head if you're watching truenorthffb.com at truenorthffb on twitter tnff network on youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button we got four shows a week you do not want to miss any of them whatsoever um and uh oh great we got one last question is tyler boyd worth dropping and redraft what do you think craig i'll let you answer that
0: I don't think so. I think he definitely has a role on this team still. He's still playing a ton of snaps, so there's going to be some rocky weeks there. But at the very least, he's a wide receiver four on your bench that so you can plug and play every once in a while if you need to. But like, unless there's somebody clear better out on your waivers, I'm probably not dropping him.
1: And at this point, I really don't think you're going to find anyone better on the waivers that you can justify making that move for um he's at coach craig at coach craig sport on twitter he also has a great youtube channel to check out he's dropping nba dfs he's dropping waiver wire shows he he is uh he's putting in a lot of work over there um you can follow me on twitter at connor 10 of course i got my starts and sit Piece coming out every Thursday morning where I give you uh 10 more names to consider in starting and sitting bonus starts and sits to consider for the week outside of my golden fool's gold um but this has been an absolute blast Craig and hopefully we get Jim back next week until then we will see you next Tuesday this is a beginning point.